Hey everyone, before we get started in this episode, I just wanted to say a couple of things. The first thing is we are now on YouTube. So I told you last time we were getting that set up and it is now up. So go to YouTube, type in Stories of Freedom Podcast and you'll find us. Make sure you subscribe to it so you get all the videos that we do from here on out. The first one is already up. So we've got all the audio from these podcasts on there. Um, those are going to go up as, as we release the, you know, the podcasts on uh, as normal, which is every other Monday. And the opposite Monday of the podcast, we are going to add uh, an actual video up there. So the video is really there to serve as a bonus for the podcast. The audio is really just a way for us to reach uh, as an outreach program to let people understand why we as Christians believe what we believe. And the video on the YouTube page is there to help people understand what it is we believe. So the first video is The Fall of Man. And I just talk about the Adam and Eve story. It's not very long. I think it's like 12 minutes long or something like that. So uh, go check it out. If you like it, make sure you share it. Subscribe to the page. And uh, and and. Hopefully, as I go further along, I'll get a little better at them. So, uh, but I liked it. I thought it turned out pretty good. So, go check that out. Um, Stories of Freedom podcast on YouTube. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is this episode. So, we recorded it over the phone, just like we did for Stacy um, and her podcast, because our guest is not local. So, our guest, um, her name is Amelia McTaggart. And she is the author of a book called Unguarded Heart. And it's her book. It's her story of freedom. Um, She went through domestic violence. And it's her basically telling her story and how she was able to break free. So she is not local. She found us on Facebook, shared the link to her book. And uh, when I read it, I just was like, I got to have her on. So we had her on. Um, She did a great job. But the technology wasn't working out as well as it did before, and we kept losing her. Her call kept getting dropped. So I went through and I edited this podcast, and I think I did okay putting most of it together, um, just splicing it together without you noticing all the times that we lost her um, on the connection. However, as I got further along, there were a few times where it just it, it didn't add up. So when I put them together... Um, I put a little audio, it's like a 30 second clip, um, just a little audio that breaks it up. So you'll hear the music fade in and then fade out. And those are parts where I just couldn't make it work. So just know that. And if it sounds a little funny at times, it's probably me just where I spliced it. Um, that's part of the reason why it took so long and it it wouldn't have really taken that long, um, anyway. But, uh, as soon as we got done recording this, uh, which was last Saturday, I went on vacation. As soon as we were done, I hopped in the car and we left for vacation. So um, I had to find some time to step away. I'm still on vacation right now. And I had to find some time to step away, do some editing and get it, get it uploaded. So that's why it took a little while. But with all that being said, um, the episode is now done. And I'm excited to say that uh, we finally got Amelia on. So I've been trying to get her on for a couple of weeks now, uh, or a couple of episodes anyway. So hope you guys enjoy. In fact, I know you will. She did a fantastic job and her story is absolutely incredible. Make sure you go buy her book. You can either do that on, well, you can do it from Amazon. You can either do the digital copy or you can buy the paperback. So I will actually put the link in the description. So look in the description of this episode and you will see her link. And go get her book. Um, It's for a good cause. She talks about what that money goes to in the episode. So, um, oh, one more thing. (laughs) So I was going to do something at the end because the last time we lost her, she wasn't able to connect back on. So I was going to come back on at the end and just, you know, basically say something real quick. And that's where we lost her. However, when I went back and I listened to the audio and I was editing it and I got to the end, I had a laugh at, at the last spot where we lost her. It was very ironic. So I just left it there. You guys will see exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe you guys will get a little laugh out of it like I did. So um, I don't really think I have anything else to say other than let's get into the episode and I hope you guys enjoy. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Stories of Freedom podcast. Uh, Chris here, and we've got Kayla on the phone. Hey, guys. And then I'm really excited for our guest today as well. So we've got Amelia McTaggart. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, that's how I right. pronounce it. For once in my life, I'm going to pronounce it without saying it in a weird way. <laughs> oh, really? Lord. <laughs> So um, for those of you that have listened to the podcast, uh, or at least the last couple episodes of the podcast, um, you've heard me talk about Amelia and her book. Um, So we finally have her on. Um, She actually found us on Facebook and shared a link on Facebook about her book, uh, or, you know, of her book, which is her telling her story. And when she first put the link on there and I saw it, I went and downloaded the book on Facebook. the Kindle, and I could not put the book down. I'm not a reader, but mm-hmm. I could not put the book down. It is <laughs> it is that good. And then, um, Kayla, you went and bought the book, right, on Amazon? Yes, yes. I like to take notes, so I have tons of writing in the margins on like, just about every page. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, if you like the digital, you can get the digital, and if you like uh, having the hard copy, you can get a hard copy. But I definitely recommend... Um, getting her book and reading it. Um, her story is so powerful, and I'm looking forward to listening to her tell her story and sharing it with you guys because I know her story is just going to um, impact somebody. I mean, uh, you know, whether it's from this podcast or from the book or just her telling her story in general, her, it's it's going to definitely uh, save somebody. So, oh yeah, I love in the in the beginning, uh, Deborah. Is that your mom? Yes, Deborah's oh, yeah. my mother. Yes, I love, I underlined this and I wrote in the margin, thank you, Jesus, next to it, because she says, what is so amazing and miraculous is not only the absolute miracle of her escape and survival, but the supernatural and miraculous transformation that took place in her in such a short period of time. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then just like dove right in and I was like, yeah, like I can see exactly why her mom said that. I I love yes. I know I love to see that at the beginning of the book and to read that it really set the whole tone for the rest of the book yeah. and it got me excited when I when I read that from your mom I was like oh you know it's just it, I don't know there's something about that I loved that was at the beginning of the mm-hmm. book that whole you know um I guess letter and explanation and and whatnot so yeah well yes it 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 was very um interesting. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just, yeah, you're fine. Um, It was very interesting because my mother and father tried for so long to get me away um, and get me out of those situations. And I mean, it was so much prayer for them. They just, they tried so hard. And that's the hardest thing when you're in abuse is it's almost like you can't break that person's mindset. And it's... um. It's like, because especially when you're, especially when you are a Christian and you're, you're in it, you're trying to intercede. But, you know, at the time I wasn't very, um, I wasn't as strong as I guess you could say I was Mm -hmm. and as I am now. And I practically would just give in and just kind of just buckle in and then. I would just kind of, you know, oh, God, why can't you change him? You know, like, you know, like change him for me, you know, like, and you end up as a woman, you end up beating up on yourself. Why can't I change this man? Yeah. Why can't I, why can't I do better? What? And then, so you, you, you know, I even at one point made a list of, and it talks about that in the book. I'm, I can't remember if it exactly talks about it, but it practically, I made a list of practically smile when this part happens. And then you start to try to avoid getting beat up because you're trying not to also please someone's mindset, but you're so in love with the person. Mm-hmm. And it gets so difficult because especially where that started, that really abusive relationship came out of as well, besides for the little ones, which of course they were still abused, but the main one where I really had a fight for my life um, with my son's dad was, I had to um, just kind of go from being a mom. This is even before my son was born, but this is right after my daughter was born. So you go into this new phase. I'm a teenager. I just lost my best friend to, to a very graphic murder. I'm trying to get my mind right. And then you go into, oh, I, I'm pregnant. You know, and then so you get pregnant. You end up not staying with the other guy you're with because you're getting beaten. So my son's dad, my son's, my, my daughter's dad ended up beating me as well. So when I walked out of that, 
it was very hard because I was so guard. I was so guarded in my heart even then to where I was still like, I, you know, even though I was pregnant, I took that hard, that hardened heart, like, well, I'm not going to um, be with my son's, uh, my daughter's dad because he's beating me. And so when I got with my son's dad, he was supposed to be the stepdad for my daughter. And when I got with him, it was very confusing because you have your heart so open as a new mom to where you're just wanting a dad for your kid. And at the time, my daughter's dad couldn't, uh, he wouldn't get out of the, the gang life. And so I was kind of on and off with him as you read during the pregnancy in and out of it. And I mean, there's so much that still didn't get talked about during it. Cause they, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a life period that practically, right. you know, you go through and he was just, I was very stressed out. And I was just to that point where, you know, I had a very hardened heart and a hardened mind. You know, I just, my best friend had just been murdered. That's the first time in my life I've ever experienced like, um, heart pain, like realizing right. it's a reality check. And to also, well, like the Lord had gave me a dream about her passing away. And so when I went out to where she actually died at and to kind of like see what was going on, because me, my mind just raced 17 years yeah. old. Your mind goes like, no one's solving this. I'm going to solve this. Then. So when I walked out there and it matched the exact dream I had, I absolutely just almost flew backwards, like, okay, this is the long standby in my dream. I'm freaking out now. So they put me on Xanax. I ended up, ended up getting pregnant because I was out just, like, I think it was the, the first night I went out in four months. I was very boxed in, secluded, just in my room crying all day, just the whole grief period. You know, as a 17-year-old yeah. foster friend, it was, you know, it was a very gruesome murder. Um, and may she rest in peace, you know. Um, and I still think about her up to this day. Um, yeah, but anyhow, practically, I went with my daughter's son, daughter's dad, and then him and I didn't work out. So after two weeks after having my son, my daughter, I met up with a different guy, and so it was very interesting because my, of course, my daughter's dad was trying to show up in his life. Him and I got into an argument or whatever. And he was abusive too. So now that I don't have a belly in front of me, you know, I ended up kicking him down some stairs or whatever because I he came trying to fight with the baby. And so mm-hmm. I just had horrible temper. I was just to the point where it's just like, you know, I was still talking to the Lord. My mom had me read a book called The Shack. And that was the most amazing book I read. And that was the time when Sabrina died that I read The Shack. Um, I just, I can't, I, I just can't give the Lord enough glory for just what he's done for my life. But Amen. The, the whole point is, is I can just tell women is they don't have to stay in that because so much things like Satan can twist a lot of things. He can mm-hmm. make someone feel that they have to be in that abusive relationship, that they have to endure it. And just like Satan tried to use the Bible on Jesus, Satan sometimes tries to get an abused woman's head and make them think, you know, you're supposed to work it out. You know, that's mm-hmm. up to you, you know. You have to stay in this. This is all you. And he'll use that person's mouth as well. You know, he'll make sure to tell them to say the exact things that will just, you know, dig into your very soul, you know, and just the words. Sometimes some of the words were so polluted that you just, your mind can't even understand. And especially when you're, you're, you have sexual, you have sexual relations with the persons as well out of marriage. It's, it's, it gets so misconstrued in your mind and I'm not judging any woman out there that are having any kind of stuff out of marriage but it does get very confused you get just Mm -hmm. almost um it's so it just it gets became this big web and he would beat me for other girl stuff and that would happen he'd beat me for other other girl stuff and his other ex's stuff and he would just go into tangents and I mean, I just feel like so, so much other women out there that are going through this just need to know, like, like they're, they're absolute, like they are people, mm-hmm. they're people. They need to understand that they're valued. Like 
they don't need to endure abuse. They don't need to endure someone screaming at them every day, breaking down their mental status, their emotional status. They need to know they're valued. And if you stay in that with someone, I mean, I remember when I first came up here to the States in Bakersfield, um, when I was working, even with, when I was up here with him, because he had came up here, I remember even ministering at one point being like, you need to get out of it to some lady. And I do know, and it's almost a look you can see in a woman's eyes that she's just deteriorate. Like, 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 it's almost like her soul's crying out. So does someone know, you know, and I won't lie. Whenever I do see a woman with a bruise and stuff like that, I do question. I feel like a lot of families out there should know that, you know, the best way to get to them out is through prayer. And the Lord will speak to that person. He will. Mm-hmm. He will talk to that person and you will hear the Lord's voice. He's very clear when he says what he says. He, I remember when I heard his voice and it's almost like you feel that instinct to where, and I remember just sitting there and I was very badly beaten and I was already starting to making up lies for, for this, for this incident that happened in front of my son. And I remember just how weak my body felt. And I remember I was just like, something's wrong. And I remember I wasn't able to stay at the hospital. And I remember he was so angry that I even went to the hospital because I practically, we went there, he took me, but I guess he told me to make up a story and I wasn't able to stay overnight to get a CAT scan. And I had to leave the ER and pull the IV out in the car and so the next morning I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, you know, it's, and then a week goes by and, you know, the, the, um, they had a Jamaican helper, which that's someone that helps clean up the house and stuff. But kind of like a nanny as well. And I remember she saw me the next day with my shades on and my face is totally lumped up. I mean, I just, it was disfigured. And I remember just seeing my face and just feeling the way my body felt. And I just felt nauseated and I just didn't know what was going on. I just felt weak. And so at the time I was smoking pot and I was smoking cigarettes and just trying to, you know, trying to find a way out of it. And I'm sitting there and I remember it was like a lot of things started getting revealed in spirit and I remember just kind of feeling that he was seeing someone else. And I remember just going, you know, maybe this is all in my mind. Maybe I'm just thinking this. And the Lord started talking. And I remember just the the week after that beating had happened that night, um, he had got mad again. He had a bad day at work. And I remember sitting there and just, Remembering that feeling I would get, and I was so afraid because you can feel that feeling coming in. And I remember he just looked at me, and he started with that raging, and then his mom goes, well, I'm, I'm going out tonight. I don't want to hear you guys argue or whatever. I don't want to hear you arguing. And I remember going, oh, great. She's leaving out. This is not good. And she left out. And I remember calling my best friend and saying, you need to come get me. I know he's going to explode again. I can just feel it. You probably have two hours. And I know it was just a spirit of discernment now. At the time, I'm just going, you know, come help me. <laughs> like, you know, like figure, figure out a way to come save me. Um, my friend shows up. And within that little minute, I mean, he comes running out. I jump into her car, which I mean, it was scary, you know, and it's just like, when you, you go through that and then you're running from him for that two weeks, you know, it was, or it was a week, I think, to be honest. Me. I remember just running and bouncing house to house. And my mind was so exhausted and I had a clear liquid clump coming out of my nose. And so I didn't know I had a concussion at the t- a severe concussion at the time. And so I'm on the run. I'm exhausting my body. And I remember just trying to stay in the Lord's spirit, watching TBN. This is things that I never used to do at my friend's house. 
So I'm watching TBN, and that's the only way I really found peace. And then I remember the Lord gave me one word, and he said, God, he said, and I said, God, guard my heart, and God, guard my mind. And I touched my heart, and I would touch my mind. And at the time, I didn't even know that, 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 that of all things, the Lord says, God, guard your heart and your mind, above all things. Exact scripture, I'm not sure, look at me. But I'm just trying to say is that that word that the Lord gave me, gave me power to get out of that situation. And I tell a lot of women, like I used to tell a lot of women that whenever I used to minister to them and say, say that, you know, he can do it. He can get you out of it. But it's also lowering that man from being your God. Because you don't realize that you are making him into your God. But yeah, it's just, it was a, a situation and I'm out of it now. And God gets all the glory for my life. And it's beautiful because he gave me beauty for ashes. I got a book that is a wonderful book that is very anointed. And I remember he used to take me back into those moments. And that's how the book got written was I would just kind of lay down and he would remind my mind what happened because being in the abuse, you just, you put it behind you. you go, no, I don't want to, uh, like, no, that's not really happening. No, that's not really happening when you're in the situation. And then when you go back over it, you're like, oh my goodness. You know, and then you start writing those things and you're going, what was I thinking? Why didn't I stay in it? Why didn't I catch it? And then, you know, you kind of realize you were really in a really entrapped snare. Mm-hmm. One if thing I, could, I love, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go right ahead, Kayla. Um, one thing I, I love that you said, um, like, not that I love that you said this part, but um, in the middle of the book, you said, around this year mark, I became very suicidal. I felt like maybe if I were gone, Jalice would see how much I loved him. Maybe the pain of not being loved by someone who I had made my whole world would stop. I began taking up to 30 different painkillers and blood pressure pills a day. I personally believed he never even noticed, and if he, if he did, he didn't care. That part with in your epilogue, you say, do not let Satan distract you with these people. You may just be the stepping stone to show them God is love. If they choose not to change, then leave. Christ was the living sacrifice, not you. When you said Christ is the living sacrifice, not you, it brought me back to when you said you were suicidal because you wanted him to see how much he loved you. And I was just like, what an amazing concept and like such a powerful thing to share with other women that like, they're not the ones that are supposed to be the sacrifice. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Exactly. And and that's such an important point. And I just feel like, like not a lot of people get that, even if you're not in abuse, like, um, it's just like, I don't know, just like such, such a powerful concept that is just so commonly looked over, I guess you could say. Yes. And just the way you worded it, I was just like, wow. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's Jesus is the living sacrifice and it's hard sometimes because, you know, you, I still have battles sometimes, you know, but also too, is the Lord uses my kids he uses my kids, and I can encourage any mom out there that you just look at your kids. If you're ever feeling sad, you know, like you just look at your kids and stuff like that because there's so much things that, you know, I got a beautiful little girl, and I mean, the Lord's sending me two little birds to fly around my window right now, which is mm-hmm. just like, just little blessings like that, you know, that there's so much things that we are yet to realize that it are on earth and the Lord uses to try to get our attention to so say, Hey, I'm trying to say hi to you. I'm trying to make you happy. And, you know, the fact is, is he, the Lord is set. The Lord is such a living sacrifice and women out there just need to know that, that he, he loves them so much regardless of their, Weight, size, shape, and form, you know, and women's minds are very complex. Our minds are very complex and stuff. And I just, I want to just encourage other women out there today that are just anyone that has felt like they're not worth it anymore, you know, like go watch a sermon. Don't listen to that voice in your head telling you you're not nothing. Like go and watch a sermon, talk look on Joyce Meyer, look on 
Oh gosh, there's so much, you know, there's just so much wonderful like preachers out there now that you can actually spiritually feed your mind off of. And the Lord wants that personal relationship with everyone. And, you know, there's so much in the book that just, you know, it's a real story. It's true. Um, there's so much out there. That, and there's so much women that go through so much worse. You know, I'm one of the few that gets out alive, you know. And if I could encourage any men out there as well, that if they, if certain men do hear this, is to not walk by that if they see a woman getting beaten. Don't walk by it. And don't say, I don't want to get involved. You know, like, help that, help that woman. She is weaker than that man. No matter, I mean, it doesn't matter size, shape, or form. Like, you know, I just, I just have such a heart for just so much women that have been through it. I've already been used to minister to so much young women that are in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when the and if anyone does buy the book, the book's funds does go to women without homes. I am wow. doing I'm doing that just for women. It's not for it's not any I'm not receiving any money for myself. It's going towards um I'm a, I'm practically trying to start a foundation off of it to help other women that can't get away, that, that they need visas to get away. talking about your kids and the, the different ways that you're you know that God gets your attention and says hi and and it, I tell you like I held it together throughout your whole book it was a it's a very emotional book and I felt all sorts of emotions while reading it and um I held it together and whatnot until the very end you know with um where you started talking about how you and and your son went to the beach that day and mm-hmm. and got yes. away and it was at that moment that you realized that, you know, you wanted that relationship with your kids where you guys could have experience the joy and the happiness and, and not live in fear and, and just have some sort of normal life. And it, that's the part that got me. That's where I, I, uh, you know, I, I tear, shed a tear <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it just, it really, it really got to me. And, um, it's, it's amazing that, you know, how much God speaks to us through our kids and that relationship and how it's, it's like a, uh, um, it's the same relationship that we have with him. You know, he's our father and, uh, and we're his kids and that, that same love. And it's, it's, it's crazy to see him mirror that same, you know, love for us. It's a way for him to show us how much he cares for us and loves us. But that was just a, that was just a powerful spot. And I love how that was your, your kind of your last, big wake up call, you know, that something's got to change was, was your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I underlined where she said the farther I got from the house, the freer I felt. Yes. Yes. And it was, it was very, in a very emotional moment walking away from that house and just feeling what it felt like. And it was almost like you just like are a kid with candy, you know, you're just so excited. Just like I'm, I'm walking outside, you know, Mm Mm-hmm. And I could just see my son's face, you know, lighting up like, mommy, we're going out, we're walking, you know, mm-hmm. and he was only one, one at the time. Yeah. And it still makes me very emotional because at that moment, it was like, I'm, I'm having to tell my every movement to someone that I'm supposed to love. And if I'm not back at this house, I could lose my life. That's so crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to explain it because, you know, it, they think, oh, well, she's looking at other men. She's looking at this. And it's so just, it's mind boggling when you get with someone like that, because you just, you don't know what to do, especially when you see your son, you know, you have a child with them and you're, you know, you're expecting it to change and it doesn't. And you have to just, you know, I know it was heartbreaking for him when I left with our son and I got tons of threats from him and stuff, but 
I had to protect the, the life of our son mm-hmm. because exactly. my son almost got hit that one time when we got into that. Well, practically, it wasn't really we got into a fight because I couldn't fight him. Some women out there, if they're able to fight, I wasn't able to. I would just paralyze with fear because he was a lot bigger. So I would just kind of run, I guess you could say, and then just take the beating. So it was just very, it's even worse when you're terrified to fight. You know, I had a lot of fight in me when I was a teenager, but when you become a woman that's just never seen a man with that kind of strength that can use it in such a violent way and form to where those those hits hurt, you know, and you still have dents in your head from it. You know, I have, I still have tons of dents in my head. I remember just, you know, I had almost a goose egg in my head when I was, um, nine months pregnant with my son and I mean he he gave me just you just feel just like knocked out you know you just and it's it's kind of interesting sometimes and I feel like whenever people read the book I get hit so heavily hard um spiritually and I know that's just like Satan trying to get me to back off Mm -hmm. And not talk about it because he's trying to throw every dart he can sometimes. And I'm going, what am I going through all these emotions again? And I think <laughs> it's just like he's trying to throw everything anytime someone reads the book. But I know it's it's meant to be out there and to save people's lives and just to absolutely help other women. And that they go they go through the same emotions I do, you know. It's an up and down stage. So, but yeah. if I can get out of it, they can too. And I'm a, a pretty stubborn female. So, <laughs> um, I think um, a lot of people can relate to you because at one point you had said um, that, like, as a Christian, you felt like you were just supposed to forgive um, mm-hmm. and pray and, and pray for his salvation and everything, and that that should be enough. And I feel like a lot of people would say that because, like, some people. You know, I mean, everybody has their different convictions and stuff, but like flat out against divorce and and everything else. So like they would think like, no, you're supposed to stay like that's your husband, you know, and like when you like when you said um, like as a Christian, I felt um, shoot, I just lost my page. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, you just felt like as a Christian, you were supposed to just automatically forgive, which you are. But obviously that takes a process and a lot of prayer and everything else. So like what advice would you have to somebody else who's staying because they feel like they have to on like a biblical level? It's kind of interesting because I actually got into an argument. I actually snapped off on someone the other day because they gave me that whole uh, adulterer. Practically, if you're you're in a wife and you get a, a divorced uh, adulterer, uh, something about adultery, practically, if you're divorced and you leave, right. I feel like, and I can't, I don't know if that's in the new Testament or the old Testament, but all I can say is, is let the Holy spirit guide you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is so much like, I'm not going against any word in the Bible, but also too, is I, it says, it says your wife is to be treat, treated as Christ, treated the, as Christ loved the church. Right. And love, it says with true love, dread does not exist. And if dread does not exist, that means that you are not supposed to fear the person that you love. Right. Yeah. You are never meant to be a beating stick. You are not meant to remember. And God is love. And... People can misuse the Bible in ways and forms. I mean, we have people out there that be, end up accidentally killing their kids, saying, obey your mother and father. So when it comes to that, we have to remember the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us. He is an advocate. He tries to let women, people know. He is that feeling of life you get in your heart, that excitement, that happiness, that, that feeling that you get of joy, peace, love, the fruits of the spirit are, are all just these amazing things, you know, like peace, love, joy. Mm -hmm. And honestly speaking, like, I'm not saying that people don't get in arguments and relationships. Of course people do, but then that feeling you get when you need to go apologize, right? 
you just have to just let him guide you. You have yeah. to get that freedom within your mind and just, you know, sometimes the truth does hurt and it's hard sometimes as a woman because you go, well, why, you know, why can't I change him, God? And I remember one time it was very, it was very interesting. It just came to my mind just now. Thank you. And I feel like the Lord's saying to mention this, but, um, he brought up, my ex brought up a racist card and it was very interesting because mind you, my children are all mixed. And of course I'm not racist at all, but it's, um, his mind went just when Satan is trying to attack someone to get to try to kill you, their mind goes so far into stuff and you are trembling because you're going and your heart's almost broken because, you know, you're just looking at this person like, where did you misread me? You know? And I remember just crying out and just looking at the stars. Just, I remember just talking to God as my best friend and just crying to him, you know, you know, just sitting there, just sipping a beer and just going, you know, well, God, I guess you just, just forgot about me, you know? Like, he saying this now and saying that I was there when, 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 when back in the day they were, they were, they were doing this and that. And, and, and like, I wasn't there. I would have stopped the racism back in the day. Like I just, I mean, I used to just tear myself up and it was just, it was just sad because I mean, when you're in abuse, like, it, it, I mean, I had to watch the colors I wore and I don't know if any other women are, are with um, a narcissist and that's what they're labeled as. Um, but you have to like watch what color you wear because they can misconstrue anything. They can, you know, you wear the color red, they can relate that to their, their, their and I had, it was a small Island. So he used to relate it to like someone I used to have in a relationship. So I was scandalous. I won't lie as a teenager. I was very scandalous, but I was, I was so desperate for love. You know, it was always that. And I don't know if there's any other women out there that are going through that, but just, you know, you do deserve better. And sometimes guys just have to open their eyes and go, you know what? Yeah, she went through this. But also, I know her heart. She was looking for love, you know? Right. And that's really what I was looking for. But most of the time is I would get cheated on. And so, of course, your, your little heart just gets crushed as a woman. You know, women are very sensitive creatures. We are very sensitive. We don't, we don't, um, I don't know about any other woman out there, but I don't address being cheated on well. And so it just, especially at a young age, I was very just, you know, especially when you give your body at a young age, you know, you give your, uh, you, you know, you're, you're dealing with hormones you're not supposed to deal with yet. Right. You know, your, your hormones are all loony. You know, you're, you're trying to be sexy, but be sweet. I mean, it's, it's so confusing, you know, and you're just, and I mean, I mean, God forbid, I mean, right now I'm just going, you know, like my daughters will sit down and read my book before I mean, I'm <laughs> listen, <laughs> this is what happened to mommy. Okay. <laughs> Everything I say, baby. You know, but yeah, it's just like, and my son will read it as well because I want my children to know. And, you know, that's one thing with me and my son work on is I have to deal with his dad's DNA trying to come out sometimes. And that's hard because my children did see a lot of it, even though they were in their young phases of their life. They mm-hmm. And I have to constantly pray for them and make sure to just like tell them like, no, respect mommy. It's very interesting because, I mean, they're half the size of uh, that I am and I'm practically like five foot two and my my daughter she's seven years old and she's four foot eight you know she's a a big kid very interesting she's getting huge and she is telling mommy what to do she's mostly <laughs> on the tablet and 
seven I'm going on 25. <laughs> yes. You know, and you know, it's the, I want my nails done, you know, and mommy, let okay. me try your makeup. I'm like, oh stay the hell away from my makeup child. Seeing those little trickle bits that entertain me. How old is she? She's seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Seven. My, my daughter, uh, my older daughter's eight and she, she does, she's the same way. Like just wants, you know, the stuff. I mean, she thinks she's a lot older than she really is. It's pretty funny. And you have to talk them back down. You have to go, go play with Play-Doh. Go do yeah. something like that. Can you get off of YouTube? Yeah. You know, like, YouTube even. I mean, just like, luckily, I mean, I, I'm very on top of trying to monitor my kids' stuff. But I'm just, um, you know, eventually sometimes like an ad comes on. And you're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they just, I'm nothing, you know, like. Yeah. But my... Um, my daughter, she is such a joy, and her name means delight, which is Eden. Nice. And she is known as Lily in the book, and she is my little sweet child of mine. She is my baby, and I didn't get to spend much time with her. Um, my parents helped me raise her um, during the time when I was getting away from my ex because, of course, I didn't want her seeing much of it, and it became aimed at her. So it was, it was pretty intense. And, um, uh, my son Malachi, which his name is Israel, but, um, at the time, and it also, the book is also dedicated to my aunt that passed away that helped me get away from my ex, um, was used by the Lord to help me get away from my ex. And practically I ended up spelling his name. We spelt it wrong, put it like that. Um, instead of Israel, it's spelled Israel, Israel, mm. but it's, it looks like Israel. So it's just like, at the time she was, she was, I just had a C-section, so I'm dosed up on epidural and they were helping me spell the name. So it's just, <laughs> there's so much things about life, you know, that just like, you know, I just, I just kind of just like look at life and life is hysterical because it's almost like. I've gone to the point as a mom where I've noticed so much things and it's like, I'm trying to keep my kids away from the world, you know, the worldly aspect of life. And I'm, it's fun though, because I'm getting to see my kids just like react and be like, Oh mom, you know, this is what happened today. Like when I picked my daughter up from school and stuff, like she got her like report card and just, just little things that I get to enjoy because of, you know, things that I, I mean, I would, I would have to explain my mind, mm-hmm. um, when you're in abuse as well. And there's like a, a child involved and then you have like stepchildren involved or, or that's stepchildren involved. Um, you have to explain to the person you're with why you're giving the other child more attention. And, if there's any other moms going out there through that, they really got to know, like, you don't have to go through that either because like, it's so unhealthy. You start just being like, I can't, you know, like I can't distribute the amount of emotion. I remember rocking my daughter one night and I had to like explain why I put her to bed first, Right. you know? And it's just, it's up and down. Like, you know, it's just, but the upper part is, is I got out and so much beautiful things happened after. Um, but, you know, I am writing another book again. I'm a guard on the guarded heart because it's kind of like that's my life story. You know, it's just like it went from the unguarded heart where I was just kind of just loopily running around just like, oh, you know, life's a breeze. And then, boom, your best friend gets killed. Boom, you're, you know, you're you know, you're starting to kind of realize life is not all peachy as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I'm writing a new book and that one's called the guarded heart. And that talks about what happened after the unguarded heart. And that talks about when I got engaged and all this crazy stuff happened. I had got engaged. I had moved into a beautiful place, had everything I ever wanted. It was all laid out for me. And I remember, and I was in ministry and I was with a WMT vet and he was my fiance and him and I were getting along great and um you know I I then got um really sick like um they found a tumor in my lung I started prayed against it I spoke life and then I ended up pregnant and then it was so much people stuff but then 
I remember the Lord spoke to me. He said, you can write one book and just get married and that'll be it. Or you can do more for me. You choose. Wow. And I said, I want to do more. And when I said that, all hell broke loose. And the relationship ended. He started, um, evidently, he was trying to help. When I I got pregnant, he started accidentally just taking his temper out on my kids. I mean, it was just, like, devastating. Mm. So I was pregnant again and was engaged, having my third baby back in mom and dad's. And I just went, whatever. And I just was heartbroken, you know, and... It was just, but it's kind of interesting because the Lord teaches me and I even have, I even have a tattoo on my leg that is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And that is practically to everything under the heavens, there is a purpose. And that scripture means so much to me because life goes up and down. And I feel like as a new generation and as a young mother of three kids that life goes up and down. And I also had to learn that sometimes you can't control all of life situations. And you may not know why, but I've seen other people get through their lives. And I've seen and I have a lot of miraculous people around me that have gone through way worse. And I learned to absolutely just love people. And when you start feeling people's hearts, the way Lord wants you to feel and you feel such a love and you just connect with people so heavily that you just go, you know, like if I want to do more and then you stop living in a fantasy fairy tale, which is, well, I want this. I want that. You know, I want that perfect relationship. And you just go, you know what? Okay. I got to wait. And you just kind of have to learn Um, when you start facing the world with a very sober mind, you know, it's very, very, very interesting. Um, But main point is, is there's so much deep conversations that I could have. And the main point is, is I just want women to know you can get out of it. And yes, you may go through ups and downs, but at the end of the day, God is God. And he directs you through the storm. And he will always direct your every step. And he'll guard your heart. And you, we think that we can guard our own hearts sometimes. And I put, I put God in front of it to guard mine every day. So... Oh, I love, I absolutely love that. And I, I just, I love your whole story and I'm just, I'm so thankful that you were able to get out of it and that, you know, praise God, your kids are safe and your kids are healthy. Yes. Um, and, and I just love, like, I think your, your story is like the perfect, um, like story to show somebody about how God uses everything for good. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done, what you've been through, like he will use everything for good. And I think you're perfect proof of that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I think your kids are proof of that. Sorry. Oh, and sorry. I think I think your kids will be able to continue your testimony because like like you said, you know, I'm gonna make my daughter read my book, you know, which which is, you know, funny on the front because like, yeah, you know, I don't want my kid to do the same things I did. But it's like she will continue your story and empower women, you know, for, for generations. Like that's how it works. You empower yes. women for generations. Your testimony goes on and on. That's why it's so powerful to share it. Yes. And she's alive. You know, these kids are alive from abuse. Like they Mm -hmm. didn't hide in the womb. They didn't, you know, this is their testimonies as well. Right. That they survived. My son doesn't have brain damage from him getting kicked. I mean, he got, I, he got stomped on in my stomach when I was seven months, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I got kicked down a, a three. It wasn't, it was it was only like a porch step, but I still was seven months pregnant and got back yeah. in the car and I'm getting beaten on. But I did I call on the Lord? Yes, I did. And the Lord saved him in my stomach. And I mean I had my ex taught me saying, kicking my stomach and punching me, saying, I hope it dies. Jeez. Mm. So it's just like for my son to not have any spine damage, anything like that, any head damage, any eye damage, my son is perfectly fine. They're smart kids, oh. they're crazy, great, they're I mean, my daughter, she, she's getting all A's. 
my son is smart. He, I, he stopped having night terrors from last year. I started praying over him, not having night terrors and it started happening. So there's so much miracles breaking forth. Yes. That, you know, I have so much things to be appreciative about. Amen. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just thankful. Like, like Kayla said that, you know, everything, um, you know, you, you, you've come out of this alive and, and now you're sharing your story. And, uh, I'm just grateful that you're willing to come on this podcast and share your story and that you found us on Facebook and shared your link so that we could hear your story. And, um, and yeah, just keep telling it. I can't wait to, to read the second book that, you know, when you come yes. out with that. So, yeah. Cause after the first book, <laughs> like, I mean, like I felt like not, not trying to, 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 um, like talk down about your story or anything, but like, I felt like I was in a movie because yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what happens next? No, that's not how it can end. Like what happens <laughs> yeah. next? Yeah. I no, need I, more. I felt the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta know.